Mullah Mike knew how to get stuff done in his area of operations. Mullah Mike was a team leader. That was a, that was a, a nickname that the guys on his team gave him um, when we were doing the Village Stability Program. And you've probably heard me talk about him. I definitely talk about him in my book, Game Changers. But Mike, you know, I worked with a lot of SF guys, a lot of Special Forces guys, a lot in, and a lot of other Special Ops leaders. And, and they, you know, most of them were, were just really, really talented folks. Mullah Mike, though was exceptionally talented in the sense that he he really knew how to be relevant in his space and he knew how to own every room he walked into he could he could achieve effects in very very hard places right he could achieve things uh, in this village of Cockrez or this area of Cockrez it was it was so difficult but yet he got so much done in a short period of time you know, and a lot of people think that it was because he was a ferocious fighter or because his team was very kinetic. And don't get me wrong, like you didn't want to mess with these guys. They could take care of business as good as or better as anyone else in the special ops community. And at times they did. But if you were to sit down with Mullah Mike, like we're doing right now around a fire pit and talk to him about what allowed him to get things done in those hard places, he will tell you it's the proverbial soft skills. Now, Wes, I hate that term. I think it's one of the most misleading terms in business leadership today and military leadership is soft skills and hard skills because a lot of leaders, they think that soft skills like active listening, narrative competence, uh, interpersonal presence, they think that those skills, because they're called soft skills, are, are secondary to the hard skills or that they convey a form of weakness that a leader really doesn't need, right? You need the hard skills if you're going to be a leader and the soft skills are for the weaker leaders, you know? It's a very, very unhelpful term and I say that as a guy who trains some very senior business leaders in the commercial world and I've heard it come out of their lips like, well, What's the use of these soft skills? I guess we needed to spend a little bit of time on it, but I don't want to spend too much time there. And, and here's the irony of that, guys. Like, I've spent a lot of time in the world of human connection, high-stakes engagements, teaching at Fort Bragg, teaching law enforcement, and, and, do, and, and doing a ton of research on what it takes to lead people who don't want to follow. And check this out. Humans... And the soft skills, as we call them, are actually what move people to take action. Humans are the most meaning-seeking, emotional, social creatures on the planet. We are the most social creatures on the planet. We sit on top of the food chain above polar bears and great whites, not because we have fur or fangs or claws, but because of our ability to group, to form teams in groups that can overcome other out groups or band together and ride out what mother nature throws at us, right? We have this innate ability as social creatures to band together and build what we've built in our world today. And if you look at the timeline that we've done this on a social evolutionary scale, it's phenomenal. But it is that grouping capability. And there are tons of studies right, to include in the book Sapiens that show that humans that are more social, in other words, that are better at forming connections, have longer bloodlines, have more relevance in high-stakes situations, and yes, 
can get more done in the hard places like Mullah Mike did. Cockrez was one of the most violent districts in all of Afghanistan. Yet Mike was able to move throughout that space and more importantly, empower and inspire Afghans to move throughout that space to stand up in a way that no other leader had been able to do. And a big chunk of that, guys, was his relationships. He understood, like David Knorr says in his book, Relationship Economics, that relationships are the business leader's greatest off-book asset, right? So it is super important that we understand the, the relevance and the place of soft skills in hard places. If you're going to be a rooftop leader, if you're going to be the most relevant person in the room, if you're going to own the room, then we have to understand this fundamental thing, right? Now, here's a few thoughts about this because I know some of you are already going, oh man, how am I going to do this? This place is so coercive. This place is, you know, top-down driven. This place is zero defect. Look, there's nothing wrong with having red lines in how you operate. Right, We all have to do that. We establish red lines that we will not negotiate on. These are the values, the norms, the things we stand for, our principles, right? our culture. And if you cross that red line, then you get all four feet of me as a leader right? and everything I have to bring to bear. And I will push you out or do whatever I have to do coercively to ensure you don't cross that red line again. So, you know, I tell Green Berets this in training all the time. I tell law enforcement this all the time. You always reserve the right for to be lethal in our line of work. Like you reserve, your lethality is a baseline assumption. The same way as a business leader, as a small business leader, as a nonprofit leader, you always reserve the right to use coercion when needed. But can we not agree that coercion, Wes, has become a default mechanism by which we handle every situation? If you look around the world today, trust is eroding to such a point that everybody around us is defaulting to violence or coercion or landing on someone in a meeting or because I said so, damn it. And that creates a bigger element of distrust. But the good news is those kinds of hard places are ripe for the leaders who roll in with the soft skills because that is actually what inspires people to take action. I saw entire tribes go up on their roofs and fight shoulder to shoulder with men they wouldn't look in the eyes three weeks earlier because of the human connections that were built through soft skills and hard places, right? So having red lines is an okay thing. I encourage it. And again, red lines are those lines that you will not, you will not negotiate on. You will not compromise. Communicate those early and often before a crisis. The next thing, though, is you need to connect as if your life depends on it, because it does. We're the most social creatures on the planet, and if we're not approaching our connections in our life and business as if our life depends on it, then we're leaving social value on the table. If we're casual about our connections or cool, then we are leaving social value on the table because we're devaluing the people in our orbit. Do you understand that? And someone else will value them more than you do and they will go into their circle. And then finally, we have to train deeply on these soft skills. We can't be that leader that goes, all right, let's do the soft skill training. All right, let's work on some active listening. You know, again, the smart rooftop leader is the one who understands that even in the most violent, trust-depleted, coercive areas, the leader with the soft skill command and the red lines to back them up 
is the most relevant leader in the room, which means you have to train. You have to train on your storytelling. You have to train on your active listening. You have to practice being present for your kids. You have to practice asking a thoughtful, open-ended question. And here we go. I'm gonna give you a little piece of homework. For the next five days, I want you to go out of your way to ask one thoughtful, open-ended question to people at your workplace, right? Uh, uh, here's one I love. What's it like, right? Or what was it like? You can ask this if you're talking about when they were in college or when they were in school or when they were in the military. What was that like? Or even in their job, what's it like? What's your day-to-day -day like? Watch the transformation that happens on their face and the validation in the moment that they feel when you ask them that. And notice the connection that starts to occur, how the emotional temperature comes down. This is what relevant leaders do. That's just one thoughtful, open-ended question. Imagine what you can do when you go deeper and you do the deep work and training on this. That's how people own the room. That's what Mullah Mike did, and it's what you can do as a rooftop leader. Don't forget to join us on rooftopleadership.com. Go to our blog, subscribe to our vlogs. This is where you can learn some of the most relevant content in the world for free so that you can own the rooms you're in. Thanks for what you do. I'll see you on the rooftop.